Well, good morning. I pondered many ways to how to start off this morning. For example, I pondered starting off with all the first of year jokes. We already heard one, you know. Uh, this is going to be the best sermon you heard all year. If that's true, then this is also true. This is going to be the worst sermon you heard all year. Whichever way you want to look at it, you know. Uh, jokes like, uh, congratulations to all of y'all for perfect attendance this year. Good job. You know. I pondered about giving you a small recap from the last time I was here, you know, just telling you, just remind you a few things. One, this is, this is not a natural state of mind being at this mic. It's, it's a little um, nervous and nerve-wracking. Reading in a group of people is not one of my favorite things to do. Uh, so I pondered that. I pondered maybe just giving a few things from Rob's sermon last week, a few points uh, that coincided with mine. I pondered many things, many ways to start off this morning, and maybe some of y'all are pondering right now, pondering, man, he really likes using that word ponder. Well, I do, I do like the word ponder. It's a pretty fun word to use, and it it just simply means that you're thinking about something for a long period of time. That's all it means to ponder. So if you ever thought about something for a long period of time, then you've pondered something. And so all this started off with with this statement that I I was pondering on. I heard it on a... uh, a podcast or a sermon, I can't remember which. I'm pretty sure I heard it twice, and it might have been from the same guy. It might have been from the same thing twice, but I heard it. So this is the statement, and the statement is that the Christian life sometimes feels like a yo-yo. And when I heard it, I, I agreed with that statement. I said, yeah, yes, it does. And maybe some of y'all agree with that statement now, and, and then, but maybe some of y'all need... Just to visualize what that means. So, so I got a couple of volunteers that's going to come up here and show us what that kind of looks like. Uh, so, Kenny, would you come up? You can just stand right there in front. You ain't got to come on stage if you don't want to. But he's going to show us a little bit of what it feels like to be a yo-yo. Go ahead. So, how many people felt like that before? Right? I, I felt like that, just kind of fluttering out in the end. Is my second guy going to come up? See, he's a little scared. Here he comes. Let's see what this one looks like. Let's see. That's a little bit better. I mean, so, so I'm sure some of y'all felt like some of these yo-yos before. Just kind of, he ran out of steam there at the end. You ever felt like you just run out of steam? You, just, you couldn't make it, make it back up? Thank y'all. Y'all can, y'all can see so, so maybe you say it a different way. Maybe you say, well, I feel like I'm on the roller coaster of life with all the twists and turns, the ups and downs. However you want to say it, it's, it's really the same thing, you know, whether we're on a roller coaster or, or feel like a yo-yo. Maybe, maybe we're going from the top of a mountain. Maybe you had a mountaintop experience and you find yourself in the valley. Then you, then you climb yourself back on top of the mountain just to go back down to the valley again. And, and most of the time you fall to the valley a lot faster than you climbed up on top of the mountain, right? takes you a whole lot longer to get up there than it does to come down. So as I ponder this, this statement in agreements with it, uh, I became to realize something. I came to realize that, that uh, my perspective was wrong. You see, we feel like a yo-yo in the Christian life because we're supposed to be a yo-yo. That's right. You didn't mishear me. I said we're supposed to be yo-yos. 
So let me explain that a little bit. What I, don't, what I mean is we're not supposed to be a yo-yo in a kid's hand. We're not, we're not a toy. We're, we're not to be, you're not to be played with. We're, we're a yo-yo in a master's hand. And to understand that a little bit, we've got to learn a little bit about yo-yos. And, and I found this fascinating as I learned about yo-yos is that, do you know uh, one of the first things you learn to do when you're learning how to yo-yo is to throw that yo-yo out correct. There's a correct way and a wrong way to throw out the yo-yo. I didn't know that. But you learn how to throw the yo-yo out with power. So the first thing a yo-yo master does is he throws his yo-yo out with power. There's also a right way and a wrong way to put the string on your finger. He throws the yo-yo out with power. A master's going to throw the yo-yo out with um, direction. He's going to be intentional about how he throws that yo-yo out. He's going to throw it intentionally, not randomly. He throws it out with authority to be able to accomplish the things that yo-yo's supposed to be doing. And then last, that yo-yo always comes back to the master's hand. So as, as I started learning about what somebody that knows how to yo-yo, how that yo-yo reacts and what it does, the more I realized that my perspective the first time was wrong, that we are supposed to be that yo-yo. Because when we were thrown out, we are thrown out with power to do what we're supposed to do, and then we pull back to the master's hand. And and as we go, I lost my spot. And as we go, there are sometimes things happen. Sometimes things happen. Sometimes our string gets twisted up. Sometimes the string can get twisted either too tight or too loose. And when that happens, the, the yo-yoer, the master yo-yoer, he, he knows it, and he can adjust his yo-yo as he's going about. He can do certain things with it in midair to make it either loosen that string back up or tighten that spring back. That's pretty amazing, really, when you think about it. You know, that he can, he can do both of those things without even taking the yo-yo off his finger. Now, sometimes the bearing gets dirty. Did, did you know that a yo-yo can come apart? I, I didn't know that. It makes it a whole lot easier to put that string on when it's apart. And then you can clean the bearing. Fix your string if it looks like mine. So, so if your bearing gets dirty, you got to do a little maintenance. You got to take the yo-yo apart. You got to put it back together. I messed that one up. So, the yo-yo has many things that 
kind of assembles the Christian life. We, sometimes we need to be, our string needs to be adjusted, right? Sometimes we get a little tangled up, need to adjust our string. Sometimes we, you know, we get a little dirty, we need to be cleaned up. I was reading in Mark, in, um, in the book of Mark, and something, something fascinating in there was, um, I seen the disciples, and they was kind of in the same spot that sometimes we find ourselves on, that roller coaster of life. And I thought, well, that's pretty, that's pretty comforting. Here's some guys that's walking hand-in-hand with Jesus, and, and they still uh, sometimes find themselves in the same position. So let's, let's look at that. We're going to be in um, Mark chapter 6, and starting in verse 7, if you'll turn there. So in Mark chapter 6, verse 7, he called, and he called his twelve, and he began to send them out two by two. And he gave them authority over unclean spirits, so he gave them authority. He charged them not to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, to wear sandals, and to put on, not to put on two tunics. And he said to them, wherever you enter a house, stay there until you depart. And if, you, and if any place will not receive you, they will not listen to you. When you leave, shake the dust off that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So he gave them specific instructions, right? He was intentional about the instructions he gave them. So they went out and they proclaimed to the people that they should repent. They cast out many demons and they anointed with all Many who were sick and healed them. So Jesus sent them out with direction. He sent them out with authority, power to do the job they needed to do. And they went and did mighty works, right? They went and they, they cast out demons. They healed the sick. They did a lot of good things. They, they, they preached the uh, word of redemption, of repentance, I mean, to that the people needed to repent. They went and did many things, good things. So we're, we're going to pick it back up in verse 30. Um, in verse 30, they, they come back. To re, the apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. They was excited. They, they told him everything they did. And in 31, he says, he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. Why did they need to rest? Well, for there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. Who's coming up? There's many people coming and going all the time. They, they went out and did all this, this great work. They, they did good things. They, they did it in, in the name of Jesus. They did it in his power and his authority. And they come back, they're excited, but Jesus seemed that they was tired. They needed to rest. You ever felt like that? You, you went out and did good things, but you, you're just tired. You need some rest. So you said, let's, let's go to a desert place and let's rest. And they went in a boat to a desert place by themselves. Now, the writer in, in Mark, he, in the first eight chapters, he lets us know that these guys are in a boat a lot. 
Matter of fact, the word, the, the word boat is in there 17 different times. So these, you know, these guys are in a boat a fair amount, and I think that's important to notice that they're, they're, always, they're in a boat a lot. And now they saw, they saw them and gone to recognize them, and they ran from there to, on their foot to towns and got there ahead of them. Who did? Well, the people, that, the people that's always, you know, taking up the disciples in Jesus' time. And when they got there, he saw the great crowd, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. Who saw him? Well, Jesus saw him. He had compassion on them. They ran there. They beat him. He had compassion. He started teaching them. But what do you think the disciples felt? How, how do you think they felt about that? Here, here they are. They're, they're a little tired. They're a little weary. Matter of fact, enough. To, so Jesus said, well, let's go off to ourselves. Let's get, let's get some time alone and, and rest. And here they get to the, the desolate place, and there's this crowd, this multitude of people. So 35, they, and it was getting late, and his disciples came and said to him, This is a desolate place, and the hour is late now. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. So what do we know? We know we know they're tired. We know they're supposed to come along. They're supposed to get some time alone with Jesus. They're supposed to rest. They're supposed to do a little R and R, little little long time with with uh, their master. And that's not what they got. What they did it was a as a multitude of crowd and and they they've been tending to them all day. Jesus has been teaching them. Now so they come and they they didn't ask Jesus. They said. Hey, Jesus, is, and we're way out in the wilderness. We're in the boondocks here. Send these people away. You know, we're hungry. They're probably hungry. Get them out of here. Let's, let's, uh, let's, let's be alone. Let's have some time to rest. But what does, what does Jesus tell them? Or what's he say? Verse 37. But he asked them, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy a 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? That's in form of a question, but do you really think they, they was asking that question? <laughs> I wonder how that really came out of their mouths. Was it, was it sarcastic? Was it? I don't think they was really asking. And he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And they went and they went and had found out, and they said, we have five loaves and two fish. You know, something pretty amazing about God is God always starts his provision of what we have already. He starts off with what we already have. So Jesus commanded them to sit down in the groups on the green grass. Now, now, he got to shore, he's, he's seen the people, he had compassion on them because they was like sheep without a shepherd. And if we look in, uh, in it's Psalms verse, um, chapter 23, we'll see, we'll see a little glimpse of that, right? We'll see, it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lay down, he makes me, 
He makes me lay down in green pastures and he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death. Sheep don't always know what they need. And what's best for them. They need help from the shepherd. So he commanded them to sit in the green grass. Right? Remember he... He makes them lay down in the green grass. He commanded them to lay down. And he took the five loaves and the two fish, and he looked up to heaven. He said a blessing and broke, broke the loaves, and he gave them to the disciples to set out before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate, and they were all satisfied. And when they took up, took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces of fish, man, how incredible was that, right? I mean, that was, how would you like to been there in that moment where, where you know you had five loaves and two little fish and, and there's 5,000 people, men, 5,000 men, not counting everybody else. So how, would, how amazing that would have been, right? That would have been pretty amazing to be there and be a part of that. And those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men. And then immediately, immediately he made the disciples get into a boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had taken leave of them, he went up to the mountain to pray. And when evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he alone was on the land. And he saw them, and they was making headway painfully. This group of guys that, that are constantly in a boat, know how to handle a boat, know how to travel in a boat, were making headway against the waves. And about the fourth watch, he came to them, walking on the sea, and he meant to pass by them. But then, he, then they saw him walking on the sea, thought it was a ghost, and he cried out. They all saw him, and they were terrified, but immediately he spoke to them, and he said, Take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased, and they were utterly astonished. Now, now we went through all that to get to this, this last verse. Verse 52. For they did not understand about the loaves, because their hearts were hardened. What? They missed it. They missed the miracle. Their hearts were hardened. Why? Because their perspective was wrong. They were expecting to go and rest with, with Jesus when they should have been resting in Jesus. They felt like, a, they felt like yo-yos because they were supposed to be yo-yos. Their perspective was wrong. Sometimes we're trying to rest with a little bit of Jesus instead of trying to rest in Jesus. When we're, when we're doing what we're supposed to be doing and we're in the hands of a master, then we can find rest. Something I didn't, didn't tell y'all is it's this first trick you usually learn. And that's called Sleeping. I let it sleep too long. 
So at the bottom of that string, that yo-yo is just spinning away. Doing its own thing down there, but in that, it's resting, it's sleeping. We have to learn to rest in the purpose we're supposed to be doing. Resting in Jesus. Last week, Rebecca sang the song, Relent. And in that song, there's a few words that just caught my attention. And said, but I struggle to believe to let go that letting go will bring me peace. Can I sit here at your feet? Or we're trying to hang on to something that we, we should have never had on held on to in the first place? Is our is our perspective in the wrong spot? Like the disciples? Are we missing out? on the things he's doing that we should be filling our cup. I mean, they missed out of a miracle where he fed over 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. Can you imagine that? Are we trying to rest with a little bit of Jesus? Or are we resting in Jesus? You know, you know what a yo-yo does by itself? I got two here right here. It's been sitting here the whole time. What, what have they been doing? Nothing. But a hands and a master, the yo-yo can do amazing things. Are you in the hands of a master? <laughs> 